Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hi, this is Jimmy and Karen Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. Today we're talking about the spirit of marriage. Karen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Good to be here. You know, when Adam and Eve were created in the Garden of Eden, they they were bound together by the Holy Spirit until they sinned and the Holy Spirit departed from them. Uh, the good news is the Holy Spirit is back with us because of J- Jesus' death on the cross. Mm-hmm. We have become the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the, the Holy Spirit is the agent that unifies and empowers mm-hmm. every marriage. We were, we, You cannot be successfully married without the Holy Spirit empowering you mm-hmm. to be married. And so when we first uh, got saved— and began to rely on the Holy Spirit. You did first, Karen. Mm-hmm. Talk about the difference that made. Well, okay, well, back then, you know, I wasn't that strong of a Christian to know all the lingo. I just knew that, you know, I wanted the Lord in my life, and I wanted to know who Jesus was. Well, when you prioritize your relationship with Jesus and knowing who He is, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. And so, you know, the more you grow in the Word of God and then your relationship with Him, um, you know, however that looks, like, you know, just don't be a cookie—it's not a cookie-cutter situation. God is relational, and we're all so different, and we're all going to relate to God in a different way. And God has a secret way of getting to each individual heart in a way He's never going to get— in any other way. And so, you know, my story is my story. That's why it's called a testimony. And But God wants you to have your testimony, too. And so part of this is just you trusting that you can have a relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, and He can begin to t- say things to you in your heart that's unique, that's individual, that's that makes you a special person to Him. And, um, and it's part of just... You know, learning. I mean, when I read the the word at first, I it scared me because I felt like Jesus was mad at me all the time, because you know he was always yelling at the Pharisees and 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 so I thought, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to make Jesus so happy? And so I would get scared and just be worried about it. But now, you know, I can see that that wasn't it had nothing to do with that. It had to do with how. God was healing something in my heart that made me feel like God is going to punish me if I don't act a certain way. And so with the Holy Spirit and you learning how to hear Him, it sets you free to, you know, be okay that you're not perfect and then be okay to let God change you and and then give you the fruit that you need to be patient and kind and long-suffering and gentle towards your husband or your your spouse, who you know, and, and loving. You know, uh, the, the commandments are not hard. Jesus said, I only have two, love me and love others. And so, you know, I'm not a big theologian, but I know I that I thought, okay, I can learn to love. And that was my priority. I, I decided I'm going to learn how to love God with all my heart and then love 
others the same. And it's changed my life. I mean, you know, it's just not hard. And everybody wants to be loved, and we all want that special relationship with the Lord. And so, you know, God is—he's he, not interested in all the lingo. He's interested in a relationship and just, you know, trust Him. Yeah, the, the Galatians 5 that you were mentioning there, it says, The fruit of the Spirit— is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the personality of Jesus. Mm -hmm. When you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you every day, mm -hmm. he gives you, literally gives you, the ability to love your spouse. Mm -hmm. See, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are all relational qualities. That, that's who you want to be married to. Mm -hmm. everyone, everyone wants to be married to that. Well, you can be. Mm -hmm. If you wake up in the morning and you say, Holy Spirit, see, the Holy Spirit is the oil the engine of our emotions was designed to run on. And when you run a car without oil, it heats up and locks down very quickly. But when you run it with oil, it's amazing what cars can do without overheating. Mm -hmm. It's exactly the same emotionally. When I'm close to the Lord and when, when the Holy Spirit is, when I'm full of the Holy Spirit, I, I'm easy to get along with. I, you know, It's easy for me to love people who are being uh, mm -hmm. not being the way I want them to be or to love you. But when I'm not, it's amazing how short-tempered I am and how mm -hmm. fleshly I can be. So we have to have the Holy Spirit in our lives in order for us to be the people that God wants us to be and have the kind of marriage He wants us to have. So uh, we hope that you have enjoyed this. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't and leave us a comment. We love hearing from you. Here's the teaching now on the spirit of marriage. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. When we go to God and say, I can't, but you can, that, that's when God begins everything he does in our lives. So when I changed as a husband, it's when I began to wake up in the morning and say, I need you to give me the ability to love Karen. I don't have it. And she might say something today that I don't like. She might do something today that I don't like. And I know my capacity to be carnal. I, I know my capacity to be selfish. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking for the fruits of the Spirit today in my life. And I'm telling you, every time I ask for it, it's a different day. It's a better day. I have a better ability to love. When I don't ask for it, then, you know, the old Jimmy comes out and it's not a good day. And so we need to depend on the Holy Spirit for him to empower us to love. So let me go real quickly through seven specific benefits available from the Holy Spirit every single day. These are things, all we have to do is ask for these things and God will give it. Now, in John 16, 7, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, 
It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Send him to you. Isn't it an unbelievable statement that Jesus says, it's better for you that I go away? If Jesus came to your home today, and he ate lunch with you, and he got up in the middle of the afternoon and said, well, it's better for you that I leave. How in the world could it be better that Jesus leaves? Because when Jesus left, the Holy Spirit came. And here's what he says about the Holy Spirit in John 14. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And isn't it interesting here, the wonderful thing is Jesus says he'll abide with you forever. Understand if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit in you and do you realize he's there forever? There'll never be an instant in eternity that the Holy Spirit's not with you, but everything he gives to us, we ask for. He's not gonna impose himself on us and give us something that we don't ask for. See, the devil will just control you. He doesn't care if you want to or not, but God won't control us. He, he will come into our lives to the degree that we want him in our lives. Because so here are seven things the Holy Spirit will give to us if we ask. The first is unity. Ephesians chapter four, Paul says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Well, in order for, Jesus said a house divided can't stand. And so a divided marriage is a setup for failure. Okay, so how do you be, have unity? The unity of the spirit, the Holy Spirit. Human unity is head unity. Holy Spirit unity is heart unity. You feel like a team. You feel like you belong together. You feel like you trust each other. There's a sense of intimacy there produced by the Holy Spirit. Now it takes effort. It says endeavoring, working hard to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. One of the most important things in marriage is unity, is making sure that we're together and that we're one. Well, how do you do that? It begins with a prayer, a prayer that says, Holy Spirit, make us one. We're two very, very different people. If you married a normal person, they're very different than you. Karen's very, very different than me. And, and I'm glad because I don't need another me. You know, if, if both of you are the same, one of you is unnecessary. That's the old saying. So God takes two very different people and he brings you together like this. this isn't that beautiful? This is the way God designed marriage. Two very different people. And I, I don't tolerate your differences. I celebrate your differences. You're, you're just a great match for me. You think about things I don't think of. You've got the other side of the brain. I'm so thankful for that. And so we come and we say, Holy Spirit, we want to be one. Make us one. And we're going to work at this, Holy Spirit. We're going to love each other and respect each other, but make us one. That's something that he'll give you if you ask for it. Number two, personal nurturing and comfort. And this is my favorite point in this whole message. This is John 14. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, nor knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwells in you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless or an orphan. I will come to you. Now, I read that out of the authorized English version specifically because it uses the word comforter there. That's the word prokletos in the Greek, and it means someone called alongside to help or someone called alongside to comfort. Well, let me, so I'm gonna make a point here. So listen to what I'm saying, because it's very important. In Genesis 1:27, it says, so God made man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So I need, I need you to participate in this a little bit, okay? So um, 
God is described as a man. All the references to God in the Bible are masculine, okay. But now women are a part of the image of God, right? In the image of God, he created them, male and female, right? So are women made in the image of God? Yeah, right? We all in agreement on that? Okay, a lot of guys are about to get in trouble if you don't say yes. Okay, so women, women are made in the image of God, right? So part of God is maternal. You still with me? Okay, there's a maternal side of God. That's who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is, he's a he. I'm not saying he's a she. What I'm saying is the Holy, God gave the same name to women in the Holy Spirit, helper. In Genesis 2, God looked down and said, it's not good that that man's alone. I'm going to make him a helper. And then Jesus said, I'm going to send a helper to you. They're given the same name and they have the same nature. The Holy Spirit is sensitive. He's gentle. He's spiritual and he's powerful. That's what women are. And the most... I got a big old woman, amen, right back here. A marvel is to watch a woman with children, a mother. It's, it's a marvel. We have our granddaughters with us right now. We have five grandchildren. It's a marvel to watch Karen with those kids and, and my uh, daughter and daughter-in-law. It's, women, mothers are, well, they're God. It's God. You're, when you're watching a mother love her child, you're watching the nature of God. Part of God is maternal. That's the Holy Spirit. Why am I saying this? Because you need a mama. Right now, all messed up. I just need somebody to love me. That's the Holy Spirit. He's gentle. He's loving. He's kind, but he's powerful. And he loves to love. He loves to love. Man, woman, old, young, he's your mama. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's a woman. I'm saying he's the maternal side of God. And women are made in the image of God. And I said to you earlier, he's waiting for you to ask. He's waiting for you to ask. And he's waiting for us to understand how big he is and how close he is. And how available he is to all of us that would just simply ask. So you have, you have a mama. You know, the great thing about receiving God into your life, you get a father, a mother, and a brother. You get a family. And I'm not trying to preach weird theology. I'm, I think that's kind of neat. Okay, number three, spiritual grace is what the Holy Spirit gives us, and I've got to hurry. You shall receive power, Acts 1-8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Well, you remember that Peter uh, was a coward. I mean, he was a coward. He betrayed Jesus. And uh, when Jesus was going through his trial in his worst hour of his life, a little girl came up in the, to the fire and uh, Peter was there and Peter denied Jesus, okay? And so ashamed, broken. But when the day of Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit fell, that coward became a man of God. And he stood up and preached and 3,000 people got saved. And this multitude of people, people listening, they're persecuting Peter and the other apostles. Peter never backs down. Ultimately, uh, legend has it, church history has it, that Peter was martyred. But he became a very courageous man. Now, these people had been, the people at the uh, day of Pentecost had been with Jesus. They knew Jesus. 
But what they lacked was the Holy Spirit to give them power. The kind of power I'm talking about here is the power that gives you the ability to do what you could never do without God. The ability to know God, the ability to understand his word, the ability to change, the ability to resist temptation, the ability to fulfill God's will for your life. It is a grace. It comes freely. You cannot earn it or deserve it, but we have to pray for it. We have to wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, fill me with your power. I don't want to live today as merely a human. I want to live today as a supernatural, spirit-filled child of Almighty God. Number four uh, grace that the Holy Spirit gives us is emotional grace that we already talked about. Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against us there is no law. Well, the Holy Spirit is the oil the engine of our emotions was designed to run on. And if you understand engines, in a car engine, there are pistons, and they rub against casing, a metal casing, it's metal against metal. And in that engine, this is how the combustion is created that drives the engine. Well, it's all good as long as there's a lubricant in there. As long as that engine has oil in it, it's all good. That engine's gonna be fine. See, when God puts two people together in a very close relationship, a lot is possible with the Holy Spirit between you. It's amazing how a car can do so many amazing things for so long, as long as this lubricant is in there. But if you drain the oil out of your car, you'll drive it for a mile or two, it'll lock down and overheat. It's impossible without lubricant. See, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it's amazing how righteous we can be under pressure. Without the Holy Spirit, it's amazing how carnal we can be. Regardless of how well we know the Bible or how long we've been saved. We were never designed to emotionally operate without the Holy Spirit in our lives. And one of the most important things that we do every day is to wake up and say to the Holy Spirit, there's not love in me. There's not joy in me. There's not peace in me without you. Holy Spirit, would you fill me up again today with love, joy, peace, all of these things that you uniquely bring into my life. He'll answer that prayer 100% of the time. And it will change your life and every relationship in your life because now God is coding and supernaturally empowering your emotions and putting emotions in you that you don't naturally have. Number five gift that the Holy Spirit brings into our life is physical grace. Now this is, this is an incredible one. Romans eight eleven. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Okay, So it's interesting here how Paul is, is saying this. If the same spirit that raised Jesus, how many of you are Christians in here? Raise your hand. You're a believer. Okay, you have the Holy Spirit in you. That's the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. If you're a Christian, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave is in you. Well, let me give you the King Jimmy version of that scripture right there. If the Holy Spirit can raise Jesus from the dead, you think your physical problems are any challenge to him? If he raised Jesus from the dead, you don't think he can heal your headaches? You don't think he can touch your body? So we wake up in the morning and here's what we understand. He's our healer. And we take our sicknesses to the Holy Spirit and we say, Holy Spirit, you raised Jesus from the dead. Could you help out my lumbago? Could you help out my arthritis? And he'll touch us. Physical grace is one of the promises that he makes here. 
Number six is mental grace. This is another fabulous one. John 16, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me and take of what is mine and declare it to you all things the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Well, Karen and I were fighting a lot in early in our marriage. I woke up one morning and I read my Bible, and I was not a good husband. I was a jerk, but I was a very sanctified jerk. I read my Bible every day. And uh, I read John 16, and it said, the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Well, that's the night that we almost split up. And I came home from playing golf. Karen was mad at me. I yelled at her. I said, get out of here. Go home to mommy. I don't care where you go. I'm just sick of you. She goes in the bedroom crying. I'm in the living room. I don't know what I'm, I'm all I know is my wife's about to leave, and I don't know what to do. And, but I remembered that scripture from that morning. And um, I bowed my head in the living room, and I prayed this prayer. Holy Spirit, teach me how to be a husband. I don't know. I'm about to lose my marriage, and I don't know. The instant I prayed that prayer, it's hard for me to describe what happened, but it was like something fell off of my eyes. It's like scales fell off of my eyes. The minute before that, that I prayed that prayer, I thought I was Mr. Wonderful, and I just accidentally married the devil's ex-wife. You know, I just thought, (laughs) Karen is a problem, and, you know, she just needs help. The instant I prayed that prayer, I saw what an idiot I was and what a beautiful wife I had. And I walked into the bedroom and I apologized to Karen and that began the healing of our marriage. But what I'm teaching you and people all over the world is the answer to that prayer. I asked the Holy Spirit to teach me how to be a husband. Listen, if God can take Jimmy Evans the jerk and turn him into a marriage expert, what can he do in your life? And I'm not saying you're a jerk. He can teach you anything. You may, you may have never done anything right, but he, he can teach you anything. And again, I'm saying he won't impose this on us. He's not going to come and force knowledge on us that we don't want. But when we go to the Holy Spirit and admit our need and our weakness and just say, Holy Spirit, I don't understand this. And, and I want to make sure that I'm not walking in deception or learning wrong things. Would you lead me into all truth? Obviously, he's going to help us understand the Bible. But he's also going to lead us into truths that we don't understand. And, and, and by the way, it also says he'll tell you things to come. He'll, he'll show you what's coming up in your life, give, give you snippets of what's going to come up in your life, if you, if you ask. Number seven is vision and supernatural guidance. Is John 16, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak, and he will tell you things to come. Acts chapter 2, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. On my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. In other words, the first thing the New Testament says about the Holy Spirit here in the book of Acts is revelation will come. Vision will come. When the the Holy Spirit comes, the lights turn on. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Let Let me close with this. Uh, Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together unless they first agree? The answer is no. If you have one vision for the children and I have another vision from the children, us trying to be married is going to be a constant fight of two visions. The word division means division, two visions. 
So we have, you have one a vision for the finances. I have another vision for the finances. You have one vision for our future. I have another vision for our future. It, we teach people at Marriage Today how to have a vision retreat. Every year, a married couple goes away. It's one of the most transforming experiences Karen and I have ever had in our marriage is to get away together and pray and ask God, what is your vision for this, this, every area of our marriage, this, 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 and pray and talk until we believe we have the same vision. And so you have division. But when you come together and ask the Holy Spirit to give you a common vision, now the headlights match. You're going down the same road at the same time in the same direction. You have harmony. You have unity. Because now you have one vision. And by, and by the way, this is just a little tidbit. You know what the word provision means? For the vision. See, a lot of people are praying for money and they're praying for God to supply them, but they don't have a vision. The word provision means for the vision. When you get to the vision, God gives you the provision for the vision. So the blessing of vision, first of all, is unity and peace, but it's also uh, an increased level of provision in your life. The Holy Spirit does everything in our marriage to make our marriage blessed and possible. And it's just a matter of us becoming spirit-dependent people. He's a gift. How do, you, how do you receive the Holy Spirit? It's like you receive Jesus. He's a free gift. All you have to do is ask. He's so wonderful. He's so gracious. He's so loving. He's so forgiving. He's so powerful. And he's in our lives. Jesus said he'll be with you there forever. And so for us, for us to relate to the Holy Spirit, we just, as a person, he's a real person. He's God. And he's a free gift. And he's, and he's precious. And he's gentle. He, he loves us. And so we need to be spirit-dependent people. If we're going to have a good marriage... It means that we're spirit-dependent people. And you might say, well, Pastor Jimmy, my wife won't do that. My husband won't do that. Well, you do that. Because the spirit-filled woman is the one who redeemed this guy here. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage. And I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out exomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.